0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the episode 14 of the Learning Guys. My name is Nate Zorga durmin and I'm joined by Mr. David Charney. Hello, Nate. Hello, everyone. <laughs> hey, Dave. <laughs> Did I surprise you there?
1: Yeah, I didn't know it'd be so uh, epic. Yeah, it's well, it's it's gonna be an epic show.
0: Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I I hope so. Uh, yeah, we have we're gonna talk about uh, productivity. When working, more or less, our personal productivity, how we tackle things, how we deal with email, how we deal with distractions. Uh, and we're going to start with some tips and tricks that we uh, use in Storyline. We did a whole show about this, but maybe we can focus now on the, you know, maybe time-saving aspects or just, you know, the, the really efficient things you could do in Storyline. Uh and Dave, what what would
1: be your first first
0: uh, I don't know tip?
1: Uh you know my you know we could just play that other episode. We can just play that and not worry about it. <laughs> um, to be honest, one of my first tips in to to develop stuff to work in storyline is to not even be in storyline. I like to draw stuff out. Um, yeah. you know, I just get a piece of paper. I just draw things out. I'll write ideas of what variables might be. I I won't even sit at a computer. Uh, that's my first storyline uh, tip. Yeah, although
0: I would just add that it, it with your approach, you're sort of, um, there's a propos- preposition there that you, not, is it preposition or proposition? I think it's proposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, proposition. Yeah, that you know storyline really well. Because if you're a beginner, you know you don't know all the ins and outs of it of the tool,
1: so you can't really think without the tool. you know what I mean? that's true, although I will counter by saying that <laughs> um sometimes you'll have like an idea in your head, whether you know storyline or not, if you've got an idea of what might be in your head, either a design or a knowledge check or whatever it might be um and this just works for me, it doesn't work for everyone. some people like to really just they'll even go into PowerPoint or, you know, whatever they have, whatever they're used to. And um, for me, uh, I like to kind of make sure I can dr- draw it, you know, I can draw a little wireframe of it. Because uh, if I can't do that, it's going to take me three times as much time in storyline to start trying to draw the lines out. So for me, yeah. that works, that that helps me a lot. No, No, I totally understand.
0: I'm just thinking that you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, I could more or less, you know, solve a storyline problem when I'm in my bed. Because, you know, you know exactly how it behaves. It's just, you're just thinking about integration at that point. Uh, but if you're if you're a beginner and you don't have no idea what are variables, then, you know, maybe you just, you cannot think so deeply about the tool without the tool. That That's what I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're pretty new, then yeah, I'd say... You got to just get in there and start playing yeah, just, around until yeah. things work. But go um, play, yeah. You know, as as you start to understand the tool better, um, I I like to just uh I like to sketch things out and write down what a variable might be because uh, if I try to if I try to do it by uh trial and error in storyline, it tends to take me a lot longer. So I that's that's at least something that works for me. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, what's uh, what's something that you do? I guess what's a productive thing that you do to uh streamline your storyline development
0: One broader thing definitely is you know using keyboard as much as possible uh, and that when working with computer in general but of course also in storyline so you know copy paste it's like I don't know i uh, i I think that has been built in my hands fifteen years ago uh, always use you know control c control v shortcuts. Uh, trying, I'm trying to learn the uh, shortcuts for aligning the text, you know, left and middle. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. more or less the only two <laughs> that are used in the, in the project. Uh, so just justification of the text, yeah. Uh, I, I'm a bit sad that I cannot set my own shortcuts for, you know, every button that's available in Storyline, but we won't go there today. And uh, just another... Tip I can repeat again because it's really nice. If if you double click on on any object you're working with, uh, it will display the formatting tab, format tab in in Storyline, which is a really nice uh, you know nice shortcut. So you don't have to click up there.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. I that that's the one I, I remember you mentioned that on that <laughs> that other episode, and I had no idea you could do that. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I've I've been quicker now since then.
0: Oh, it's a must, it's a must. I can't, it's just, uh, I, I, I just, <laughs> if I make a small uh, detour here, I remember I when I was in my other work, I don't know, like five, eight years ago, um, we needed some students for some help with the project. Uh, and <laughs> I remember I came up with this, uh, they had to do a few tasks. So like, go, go to this website, copy some text, uh, Paste it into Word without formatting, for example, and that was very fast. I saw, you know, who can, who is c- quick with the keyboard. If I saw Control C Control V, it was like, oh, magic. Uh, and if they if they knew also about formatting text and you know pasting only as text, that was also great. Or, or at least they, you know, they they try to find the, the the solution, so it's not just. Just like, I don't know how to do this, That that's why I'm gonna let it go. But it's you could see who has, you know, who has uh, some sort of sense of exploration if they don't know what how to do something.
1: <laughs> you, you know, one thing I do use a lot in storyline, I you know, I always thought of this as kind of a silly little thing. You know, you can type equals lore, uh, lips, uh, lorem, and then the little parentheses, yeah. you know, and you'll get lorem ipsum text. Mm-hmm. I use that far more than I, I, I thought I would, you know, to just rough text in and see how it's going to look. And, um, you know, and I'm trying to work together, uh, you know, some sort of design or something that's, uh, I, I use that that saves me a ton of time than going out and grabbing it and <laughs> yeah, throwing yeah. it in.
0: That's interesting because I never used it. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's it, it's also it's fairly new to me so I don't know maybe I know it for one year half a year something like that mm-hmm. but even now that I know it I never used it I don't know it just I guess I had so many projects that I already had the content for so there was no need for some mock-ups and uh, but I know I know I have to use it the next time I uh, <laughs> I, I need some text yeah because it's a nice trick
1: I probably only I only started using it because I made a little video about it and then that kind of Got me in the habit. That's good. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's another productivity tip, right? If you if you if you're not used to using something, make a video about
1: it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, (laughs) that that certainly helps you remember. Um, You know, another thing that I like to do in storyline, and this kind of gets back to me trying to draw it out first. But um, Mm -hmm. the more I can understand what variables I need, and of course, you need to have a good idea of what variables are to do that. But the more I can know what the variables are. The better, because if I'm working on a big thing and I haven't kind of determined I end up writing like creating a lot of variables that are actually the same variable you know they've got different names, and it just makes a mess of things, and then later in the project, I forget what variable is what so for me to kind of draw out a lot of that stuff, even if it's right in storyline uh, mm-hmm. s- saves me a lot of time in the, in the in the development uh timeline
0: another thing that helps with the whole you know, creating a course or just managing a slide is just writing the names of the objects when there are many, because it will be so much easier to look at the trigger and know what's going on. Uh, you know, otherwise it's just Rectangle One. It's gonna change to hidden when That's Rectangle true. Two hits something else. So no, yeah, just take a second and rename that because it's it's gonna pay off later. The future you will thank you.
1: <laughs> right. Same with layers. You know, if you can make sure yeah. the layers are named in a way that you're gonna know what they are when you're trying to connect connect to them through triggers, uh, save you a lot of time.
0: Yeah, and if you're working on a on an interaction that has, you know, many objects that more or less act the same, uh and are complex, just try to develop a small scale to see that the interaction works perfectly with that one object. And then it's more or less copy pasting from that point on, and maybe changing some triggers. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you want to do that with hundred objects that are already on the screen, then uh, you're gonna have a bad time. So, true. Yeah, just make a small scale, see that it works perfectly, and then you know expand to to larger, larger thing.
1: And I have one more as far as storyline goes. Certainly, there's a lot more than that, but I mean, we did a whole whole episode on that, but um. And, you know, I see a lot of people using Storyline. I think it's really important to not forget about the master slide. There's just so much you can do in it that you can reuse in, like, throughout your whole project. And, you know, if you've got 25 slides, it might be, you know, a menu or a caption box, you know, closed caption or what a custom anything, you know. Um, if you can do it in the master slide and you have to make a change or something later, you just go in, you make the little change, and it it changes everything. Same with the colors. I, I did a short video on mm-hmm. colors in, in Storyline. If you, if you spend a little bit of time up front and kind of come up with a color palette using the tools that Storyline has, and you have to go back and make some changes, it takes two seconds instead of two hours.
0: Yeah, and it's amazing because it's not just like, uh, you know, I'm going to... Change the main text to from from white to gray. It's you know every text box that uses the main color it's gonna be affected, and you can really, you can you can change the whole design with three clicks. It would yeah, it, it's it's really handy.
1: Yeah, and, and I've noticed too that if you do stuff with colors, if you've got a box that is like blue but it's like transparent or has a certain amount of transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, it will, if you change that color in the palette, it will change that fine as well. You know, it, it'll, it'll work exactly the way you want to. It doesn't have to, it can work on any box, even if it's transparent.
0: Oh, so it keeps the transparency.
1: It keeps the transparency, it doesn't mess that up.
0: Okay, that's good, that's good, yeah, yeah. Cause I think I just had something, can't remember what, that uh, I was changing the color and transparency went back to zero. So I'm not sure what was happening there, but it wasn't changing the, the 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 main colors. So yeah, sometimes it happens, but I'm not sure at this point. Uh Dave, you want to move forward?
1: Sure, that's a good direction to head. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> Sorry, true. I don't know why that's that that came. I don't know why I said that out loud, but yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: here we have just a just a short pit stop uh, about project management and uh, why. It is helpful to have a tool like that. <laughs> you know, when you're working yep. on a big project with many people with many tasks, that's something that it's a must. Let me turn directly to Basecamp, which I have used on other projects that were um on other projects that had, uh, you know, many tasks and uh, milestones and people involved, and just let me explain why I like the tool. First it's uh, it looks nice. I like things that are nice, so it's a nice tool to use, you <laughs> know. Uh it it works as you would expect. Uh I really like that it has the built-in messaging capabilities because with all the emails we're getting these days, you really don't want another thing when you're working on a big project, you know, just to to be split, you know, between few tasks and emails that's just a mess. So it's great to have all in one place and you know, Basecamp has a nice messaging capabilities, um, which you can use one-on-one or one-to-many. Uh, that's nice. Also has some, uh, you know, document-saving uh, capabilities, so you can upload documents or link to Google Docs. Yeah, those are the two. I don't think you can link to Dropbox uh, files. I think that's not available. It's just it's just Google stuff. And then, yeah, uh, The search is really powerful, so you can quickly find, for example, oh, Dave said something in that project, you know, I don't know, about uh, asparagus. So you can just say, yeah, Dave asparagus project, uh, I don't know, seafood 101, and you can find it quickly. So it's really nice to to go back in history and find stuff that you need.
1: Yep probably, I mean, that's a pretty common thing I yeah. talk about, so probably a lot of search results on that. <laughs>
0: yeah. And uh, reports, I think, uh, at one point, because it was a big project and I had a bunch of things to do, you can generate sort of a report of uh, what you need to do, uh, so it can give you one big list. It's not it's a list of the project, but just list of your tasks. Um, so, quite powerful. I like Basecamp. It's, it's a nice tool. Also iOS, um, apps are, are n- nice to use. So, uh, yeah, that's why I like Basecamp.
1: Yeah, we use Basecamp on, on occasion and I like it for all the things you just said. I also dislike it for a number of things. I think it's a little bit, uh, I, it could be the, the navigation, the layout could be polished a bit, I think. Um, but they've got this new version of it now too and we run into a couple of problems uh like and I'll I'll mention these because it can cause productivity headaches mm-hmm. um the the newest version it I'm trying to remember what they are now uh when you add a file to a message it doesn't put that file into the you know the the list the, the file like, section the, yeah yeah and I really wish you could check that to say, oh, I want it to go in there or not, um, because yeah. people will attach files or send them through messages, and you won't find them later because they didn't get put in the in the thing. Yeah, that's um, a
0: good point. I agree. Yeah.
1: There's also when you create a message, I believe, or either create a message or create a, you know, category to put messages in, it will. There's like a setting that's automatically now unchecked to send it to everyone. And so if you forget about that, uh a lot of people are not going to know that uh you're you're messaging them. But what's really nice about Basecamp is when you you can just if you get an email from Basecamp about a project, you can just respond right in your regular email and it will mm-hmm. send it back to Basecamp and be stored in Basecamp and that's really nice.
0: Uh, and just let me add to that point that uh, be careful that your email signature is not there because <laughs> because it will be. I I saw some funny stuff with uh, you know with the long text. This is a private message. You should not copy. La la la. And it was at the end of every res- every post that they, that person posted. So that was that was fun.
1: <laughs> yep, that I've seen that myself. <laughs> yeah
0: it's uh, another thing just another thing it's which i discovered i don't know years ago when we started using uh, an online to do like that i really really like that you know once the task is is there and waiting for for the person to to tackle it it's really nice that you can comment on the task, you know, and instead of, you know, mm. uh, engaging in email or phone or Skype, you just, you know, comment on the task, about the task, and, you know, if you have some questions, you can, you can discuss it there. You don't need to go anywhere else because it's, it's part of the task, so I think that's really powerful because with, with projects, you know, people have questions, things come up, something's not clear, and, you know, to be able to discuss it right there, it's, it's really powerful.
1: Yep, very true. And there's a no, no, number of other, you know, programs or sites like like Basecamp. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Certainly a lot of people use Basecamp.
0: Yeah, so we're just mentioning Git because we're using it and yeah, we were totally aware it's not the only tool out there. <laughs> right. And that actually rhymed.
1: <laughs> nice. Ding.
0: <laughs> okay. Let's let's continue with uh, more uh, personal direction. So Like how we tackle tasks, what tools do we personally use when maybe not working on a big project or just, you know, working on our stuff and how do we know what to do for ourselves. Uh, Let me just start by saying that uh, I think I've been using GTD methodology for almost 10 years or at least I I heard about it 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's getting things done system by David Allen, and it's um, you know it, it sounds like some super fancy thing that's gonna solve all all your problems, or maybe that maybe it sounds hyped, but it's it's really nothing special because it's I I use it not so much in the systematic way of GTD, but more more in the way of understanding what's happening with my tasks and you know. How does this world of tasks and uh, things that need to be done uh, work? Uh, and the the point of GTD is that you know stuff comes at you like email, phones, notes, stuff that people say to you. And now it's more or less you have to decide what to do with these things. Uh, so there's a thing they call it that you process them. So you decide: is it is it Something to be deleted, something to be archived, or something uh, that needs to be uh, needs to take action needs to be taken action on. Then that's not correct. <laughs> Help me, Dave.
1: That's that's close. I I, I can't remember what it is. I uh, I'm personally I like the the very first thing, which is just write it all down. You know, make sure you all your tasks are down. You know, however they're written down, however they're gathered. Um that's my big problem yeah. is if I, I it's so easy for me to think oh I'll, I'll not forget that and then I forget it.
0: This reminds me of another thing that's r- regularly done on uh, like uh, you know for GTD beginners let's say or or on the first session of a GTD course there's a <laughs> thing they call brain dump. So it's like all the things you have in your head you have to put them on paper uh and more or less almost everyone says that they feel like a almost burden has been lifted um and yeah this is this is the whole point that you have to you know take the things out of your head and put them in a system you can trust and you know that's sort of the 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 GTD thing uh but after you process it you know you have to put it in projects you have to see if it is actionable and then there's yeah. another another nice trick, uh, the two minute rule.
1: You know about this? I think that I do, but I'll let you. <laughs> <laughs> That's such I, <laughs> I I feel like I know what you're gonna say, but go ahead. Okay,
0: it if uh, tasks task comes at you that you're you sort of uh, estimate that it's gonna take less than two minutes, you do it right now. You don't write it down and it up later because it's going to take more time you know to write it down then pick it back up and remember what it is what this is about so it's better to just to do it right now and get it off your plate and then focus back on the thing you're working on so that's a two-minute rule it's really i i encourage people to use it
1: see i i think i was thinking of something else i <laughs> i think i read something not long ago that like and maybe it's not two minutes i'm probably completely wrong but um <laughs> it was something to the effect of it was about habit building and it wasn't about building habits, but it was about if something takes like two minutes for you to do, you'll tend not to do it. So like if, if you're so used to turning the TV on and suddenly procrastinating on what you're, what you should be doing, um, Mm -hmm. if you hide, if you put the remote somewhere, that's going to take you like two minutes, maybe it's 30 seconds. Oh, uh you know, if it was 30 seconds, away from you to be able to get and go and do that you'll tend Mm -hmm. not to do it and you'll keep doing what you should be doing um yeah yeah so i'm completely off topic but uh i think that's what i was thinking
0: no no it's fine it's it's a good topic i thought you're gonna go in the direction of tiny habits which which is another thing but (laughs) maybe we don't go there today (laughs) that's well that's that i try to explain quickly gtd it's it's more i for me it's really more of understanding what all of this stuff means and I understand what to do with it, you know, but I'm not really strict with this methodology because then there's an idea of a context like a group Well, grouping the same tasks together. It's still a good thing, but there's a thing about context because the, the the book was written in 2001. There is a revised version now, but, um, the context is meant like if if you're outside then you 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 can do jobs you can do tasks that are related to being outside you can't do tasks related you know to computer because you're outside uh so that's the context uh, aspect here
1: you, you wanted to ask something yeah i was going to say just from what i know about it yeah it's not it's not uh rocket surgery but it is the the things dis- the gtd approaches to things, certainly, uh, if you, if you follow them, see, that's Mm -hmm. the big thing for me is, you know, you gotta follow them. And, um, uh, it certainly helps you, you know, gather your tasks or things you want to do and prioritize them and, and get them done. And, and I, that's what it's really all about. Uh, the, the biggest thing for, for me is, uh, you know, finishing, you know, if I can, I got to finish the, the thing I'm working on, um, or else it's almost not important for me to, uh, be working on it. So, um, it, as long as I give myself enough time to finish something, it helps me focus on what I'm doing and prioritize things. And, you know, the best way to get something done often is just to do it. And I have to remember that.
0: Yes. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And, uh, Maybe just another thing it's if it's uh well it's sort of obvious but it's worth saying that if if it feels it's like too big of a task just break it into smaller pieces. And here's another thing that was really sort of clicked for me in GTD is um that you don't need to actually know all the steps to finish the project. You just need to know the next step. So and 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 the next step is not just like a big task. It's just the next physical thing you have to do, you know, to move the project forward. So, if you have to have your car fixed uh, and you didn't take it to the shop because you don't know the number of the mechanic, for example, that means the next action is get the number for the mechanic. So, how are you going to do that? Okay, I have to call Bob. Okay, how are you going to do that? I'll pick up my phone and call Bob. Okay, that's the next action. So, it's, when you break it down like this, it's almost feel stupid not to do it you know
1: (laughs) you know i'll be honest too i do have to get my car fixed and that's the very reason that i haven't done it because well call bob (laughs) i don't i gotta i see i don't know where the place is around here i haven't had a car problem since i've moved
0: so so what's the next action dave
1: (laughs) well i i need to see where this place is and then i need to find the number for it and then i need to call bob i (laughs) guess.
0: just talk to bob he'll tell you the place yeah <laughs> yeah, I you see when we when we discuss I come I, it's it's is in it's it's sort of part of my thinking right now but yeah, I don't follow it like systematically but it, it helps me, you know, to think about things and understand them. Um ta-ta-da. Yeah, well, I guess we come to Todoist, which is our uh personal task manager, I, I love can say, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you love Todoist, Dave?
1: You know, honestly, I started using Todoist a long time ago. Uh, and But the the guy who created it stopped developing on it for a long time. And I was kind of like, oh, I want to use this so bad, but I really don't want to use something that isn't going to be developed on. You know, it's going to end up just not being something available or there's going to be bugs that won't be fixed. Um, so I love it because it it's fairly open. You can kind of configure it, you know, you can categorize things and then create subtasks and various things very easily. Um, And in kind of the way that you need to do them, you know, you can kind of categorize things the way you want, you know, you can have tasks and you can have subtasks and things like that. And um, once you kind of come up with your categories, it makes it very easy to Put things in the right spots and find things easily. And what's also nice is, and you were talking about shortcuts and storyline. You mm-hmm. can do everything with like the keyboard in Todoist. I could shut my eyes and type and create all sorts of things and do all sorts of things. Um, and it also, as a to-do program, it, it integrates well with. You know, I it's got. I can have it on my phone. I can. I, we, I use uh, Gmail, and so it integrates with that very easily. Yep. Um, with with my calendar and it just it just kind of works with everything and I'm a huge person <laughs> I'm a huge person actually is <laughs> um, <laughs> really important for me whenever you're ready
0: yeah I have to leave this See, in my my
1: problem is my problem is I forgot what I was going to say so so all I can think of is that I'm a big person and it makes me feel slightly sad. But see, I'm not a big person. Um, (laughs) So one big thing about Todoist that I I love, and it's just the way I tend to do things, is whenever I have a to-do or an action item, I draw a little box in front of it. Like if I'm writing notes or something on a piece of paper, I have to have a little box that I can check something off of. So for me... Todoist is like my digital version of that. You know, there's a little checkbox. I can always check it off, and, and that makes me get things done, and that's just the way my brain works.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think you forgot to mention a really uh, cool thing. Once once you sort of get the hang of it, it's the natural language uh, processing that uh, oh, it has. the way you
1: create a task?
0: Yeah, yeah, so you can write... Uh, Name of the task, and then you can say tomorrow tomorrow, so the deadline is is tomorrow, and uh or every second Thursday, yeah, yep, so that's that's really nice to do, so you don't have to go through all those you know menus and check boxes and so on
1: yeah it, it once you know it, it's very quick to say, yeah every every Thursday I need to do this thing, uh you know I need to pay a bill, I need to you know i don't know what it is but uh, yeah that that it yeah. makes it very quick
0: yeah and if you set up the dates let's say reasonably well then you on a daily basis you more or less would live in the today view you know yeah especially if if you set up your your working day a day before or maybe in the morning then you can just you know or maybe just take off the tasks you want to work for today, and they jump into the today view, and that's where they are, and that's what you want to do for the day,
1: yep, I think I tend to have mine at three days before in case I miss something or something comes up. Mm-hmm. I've got my the day and I've got one day, like in the future, you know I can in case I want to get on something that is coming up i I tend to look at what's coming up as well,
0: yep. Another nice thing is because Todoist, you know, it's a web service, web service, Uh, it's not a VAP, (laughs) Um, (laughs) is because it integrates nicely with other web services like uh, IFTTT, for example. So you could say you could hook up Gmail and Todoist and say that if I star an email, create a task in Todoist. So things like that are possible and it's really nice and uh, if you maybe if someone's already familiar with ifttt but wants more check out zapier.com i think it's .com uh that's even more uh, you know it has more logic to it so you could say if i star an email uh, from maya uh that was sent on a monday make a task you know into doist you could set up logic like that or if it has something in the subject line, so you can go crazy with zapier. it's crazy. you can connect all different services uh,
1: nice yeah it's magic.
0: yeah that it's great, it's great uh, and there's another thing on i o s um there's an app called Workflow, and it's sort of you create these little programs you know that create something like you could say get the mp3 from the uh, from the link that's in the clipboard and upload it in the Dropbox folder I set up beforehand. So this could be one command you set up with this chain of s- smaller commands. And it's really nice because uh, Todoist has a really nice integration with Workflow or Workflow has a nice integration with Todoist. So you can create tasks in Workflow that then go into Todoist and, uh, you know, you could, you could have them uh, just for certain projects, for example. So you don't need to jump into Doist and search for the project, but you could have just, you know, one click away, you add something to the project you're working on regularly, for example, or, or you add something to Inbox. That, that's what I have set up. Uh, mm-hmm. So workflow, it's quite powerful. Or, or it can get, you know, get text from Clipboard, and that text should be the name of the task. You know, in project X, you can do crazy stuff with workflow. So, um, I Dave, you would like it, but you need iOS, but you have iPads, so try it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're all at the office though. Uh, I they're all being tested on, so I I don't even have one with me. I'll have to try it, uh, I'll have to try it next week and and report back.
0: This app is up your alley, really. Hmm. Really, yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah, it's quite amazing that it. When it first came out, all of the, you know, us Apple fans that were, you know, seeing what was happening, we were all afraid that, ah, this is this is too program it this is something that Apple will maybe just want to remove from the App Store. But no, it's here, and I think it even got an Apple Design Award, and it's here huh. to stay, and it's really much powerful from version one when it started, I don't know, two years ago. Uh so yeah. Oh, very che- nice. I'll check, check it out. Check it out. Workflow. Yeah. Really nice. There's something I would like to have on my computer, but uh it's not available. Hmm. Another smaller thing I want to mention here is checklists. Because people often often conf- confuse checklists with a uh, task list. Because checklist is more or less a list of of you know items you have to do or items you have to check. Um, many times, so checklist would be maybe uh you know stuff to take on a trip you know that's something you could use every few months, and that's a list that you 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 check off, but you then use again, so it's a reusable list you know for if you have a project that has i don't know hundred items that are supposed to be done in the same way, it's really smart to make a checklist. And especially if it's like in maybe 10 steps to do that. But it's really good to, to to have a checklist and just make sure you didn't miss anything, you know, because it quickly you could you could come to a stage where when when you think you know it by by hand. Yeah,
1: by heart. Well, by brain, really,
0: by heart. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it by brain. <laughs> uh <laughs> But uh, there's one item that you may be missed because you know when you're working on sort of in the automatic mode, it's, it's when when mistakes start to creep in. So a checklist is really a smart thing to have. Uh, and in Todoist, um, there's a possibility you know to export to some sort of text file, and then you can import them back. So it's something you can also have in Todoist. Not not a super elegant solution, but it works.
1: Yeah. That's, that's such a handy thing. Like if you're starting a project, you can say, uh, you know, uh, well, I need to uh, gather my questions. I need to have a kickoff. Yeah. Gather all the stuff in the folder, you know, the SOW or whatever, the scope document, the uh, assets that I have, you know, and, and to have those as check checked items, you know, it's so easy to forget something like that. Even if you're working on a project, it'd be, you could have a checklist for like, make sure you ask about the, uh, if there's going to, you know, if you're talking to a Potential client, or your yeah, your your uh, boss, or something. You know, are there multiple languages? Is it does it need to be Scorm compliant? Does it do this or that? You know, to have a constant checklist for any time you do that.
0: Yeah, i i just uh, I just found that uh, I have a checklist for meetings. So, so let me read this. (laughs) Um, First part is the questions I have for the client, and then this is like meeting in person when not on Skype. Um, so here goes. Uh, how much time do we have? Who's the contact person, you know, for me? Is there internet, you know, that I will be, I will. it will be available to me? Uh, do they have the projector? Do they have a parking place? And if they don't have a parking place, where do I park? And then there's the personal stuff like sh- shave, shave. Uh, you know, take the fancy clothes, uh, take the business cards, take a protein bar, take the laptop <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. the fancy clothes
0: yeah, yeah, the fancy clothes <laughs> <laughs> although i'm yep. just I'm just in my jeans more or less all the time, so I think <laughs> yeah. i'm I'm letting go of that one
1: <laughs> now that that's those are those are smart lists when you're working through a project got look you gotta be pro- professional
0: Yes, sir yeah, uh you wrote down Google Docs here.
1: Uh, yeah I use Google Docs uh, all the time. Uh in fact a lot of people at uh, at work do um uh, certainly you know you can you've got like a word document sort of thing uh but I know I have been using uh, Evernote a lot for just getting my ideas written down and notes and whatever just you know a place that I can gather information. Um but uh our spreadsheets Google spreadsheets we use a lot and there's uh you know there's Quip and various things, but um we just happen to use spreadsheets a lot uh Google spreadsheets, and what's nice about them is of course, they're spreadsheets, so they're very open to whatever you need to do uh and personally, I make a lot of other notes and just things there, keeping track of things um uh you know, I use to doist a lot, but sometimes I need to kind of write stuff out a little bit and keep track of bigger things and you know, it's just it's just a nice open ability for me to kind of keep track of things. Um, If I'm working on a project, if I'm not making notes about it, sometimes I'll open that up and list a lot of like, important things that I need to consider in my projects. And, you know, uh, because it's a spreadsheet, I can prioritize them, I can kind of categorize them. And so I just wanted to write that down as kind of a catch all for like, when I'm doing things, and I don't have a way to do it, I I can usually use some sort of Google Doc to keep track of it. And because I can then share it with a bunch of people, that is very helpful as well.
0: Yeah. And I think sharing, especially, uh, you know, if you have some contractors working on, on some projects, you know, need some extra help. You know, using Google Docs, it's free. They don't need to create some special accounts. They don't need to pay anything. You don't need to, you know, pay an extra license for you know i don't know up to do list for example so mm-hmm. that's a you know just a nice easy way of uh, going at it
1: yep it is we can have a bunch of tasks and share it with someone and and they just have access to it and we can say okay yeah. these are the things marked with your name or the things that i need help on you know from you and if you can check yeah. mark it or color it green or whatever yep there's just it's you can do whatever you really kind of need to with it
0: let's talk about the calendar
1: Let's let's do that.
0: <laughs> for me, um the calendar is a place where events go. So the, the the things where I have to be someplace at that time, for example, or someone is visiting us, for example, or I have a Skype meeting. So things that are really, you know, tied to a, to to a time and uh, if it's not in the calendar, it's almost it's like it doesn't exist. And I'm and it's it's I'm re, I'm really talking about events, and I'm, to, I'm not talking about tasks that have deadlines. It's just events, right. you know. Just so that's that's my approach to the calendar. So, do you agree or
1: no? <laughs> no, I I agree. Uh, like right now, like we wouldn't be recording this podcast right now if we if, hadn't have looked at our calendar and yeah. saw that we have a podcast to record from. When we started to the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sometimes I don't know. Some people ask me, what are you doing tomorrow? And I don't have a clue because, uh, I, uh, have my calendar. Um, and to be honest, personally, I am put on a number of meetings as well. Uh, so Mm -hmm. if I didn't have a calendar, uh, that was available to certain people, um, my life would be a bit more of a headache because I wouldn't know what's going on more than I already do.
0: <laughs> yeah. And there's a and there's a really good friend of mine that his calendar is more, you know, Lucy, Lucy. <laughs> so uh, I often have a conversation with him like, okay, next week on Thursday, are you available? You know, can we he, grab a beer? I don't know. Maybe I'll have something. Maybe I don't. It's like, oh, come on, just put it in the calendar or don't. It's like it's complicated. They have to tell me, if la la la. And it's like no, no. That's no way to live. I want to know if I am I free or am I not free. So I I cannot do that have have thing because it's it's I don't know it's it's no fun for for anybody.
1: I I will say you you had mentioned you know it's it's a place for events not tasks. I will yeah. say what I do like about Todoist is it can kind of bridge that gap a little bit. Sometimes it, it's, you might have a task that you want to get done at a certain time or day, and it can kind of help bridge that gap a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I don't usually put things on the calendar as a task like that unless it's something I absolutely have to get mm-hmm. done And I kind of want the day to do it, or I need a gap of time to do it, where I don't want another meeting put on the calendar. Yeah. Um, But again, it's it's uh, to block out time as an event, really. So.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Block out time for something that needs to happen or will happen. Yeah. And and which brings me to just just a thought of another thing. I know there's uh, you know these are web services that you can. uh, send people to to write themselves up in your calendar you know mhm it's i think calendly is one of those and i was looking at using something like that but i really don't want you know other people controlling my time so i was thinking that if i do this it would be like you know 2 hours in a day window nothing more i can't have the whole day just you know be filled with some calls or something so I would be really conservative with that if if someone's using that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you have to figure out a good way to do that. Um, because I you know, work with a number of people and, and whatnot, uh, one thing that we try to do that helps with pro- productivity is, um, and we can't always do this, but if we can kind of group, like say Monday and Tuesdays are very busy with meetings, but Wednesday and Friday you try not to have any meetings, then you... If people know that, then you typically try to n- not put meetings on those days. So y- if you end up with a meeting every other hour, you know, all the way through the week, you're never going to be able to yeah. get anything done. But if you yeah. kind of have some days that are very open, then makes it a lot easier to uh, at least focus on those days.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which reminds me, I heard this one podcaster I listen to a lot has a has a system that he has like. Busy weeks and, you know, more easygoing weeks. Yeah. And I was thinking that maybe I could do something for, for in terms of meetings. Uh, although I, I, I have in, in the last few, few months, I had rarely a meeting in person. Uh, but, you know, it, it could be have meetings. I could have meetings every other week. I don't need it every week because nothing is that important. So, yeah, that's also, you know, one way of tackling it.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Okay, let's jump to communication. Email our our favorite uh, mode of uh, communication. Yep. I, uh... <laughs> which is not.
1: <laughs> Email's kind of it's interesting, yeah, because I mean as we're going to talk about instant messaging and texting and all these things. I remember the first time I got a text from a, a client and I was like, whoa, that's kind of strange. But now
0: it I'm... it just feels so personal, right? Yeah. It,
1: it it does at first. Yeah. Because you're just not used to it. But, um, uh, and, and I don't get a lot of texts from clients, but when I do it, I'm not thrown off anymore, but it's just email and all this stuff. It's, it's really just, it's turning into just talking, you know, through the computer, you know, it's, there, there's, uh, emails I often use because I need to well, I need to respond to another email, but also, you know, if I want a paper trail so I can remember things or I can go back, you know, uh, a lot of times I'm messaging people instead of calling them. Uh, Certainly it's easier, but I I really like paper trails sometimes because I have to go back and look up things a lot, scope things or what I was supposed to do with something. And if I don't write it down, uh, if I just say it, I'll not remember. Mm -hmm. So communication from a, typing level is really important for me for, for that case. But um like phone and Skype and all that stuff, just to have conversations. And I usually for me, I can explore ideas a lot better. Um if I can just chat with someone or like we talk on Skype a lot to go over ideas and things and just to see mm-hmm. the other person and see what they're doing with their hands and their expressions and everything helps to kind of yeah work through ideas and the stories you're trying to tell.
0: If we return to email just for a sec or a minute, but how do you manage email? Are you an inbox zero person or inbox all person or I don't know, stars person?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not great with email. I get a <laughs> lot of emails. Like for instance, if we're talking about Basecamp, I'm, even though I'm not day to day on a lot of these projects, I am on some of those emails, and so what i what I do is I try to filter a lot of them out you know, so if I get a base camp email, I try to filter out ones that are not likely for me uh but it's it's difficult because if I miss one, it's not good, you know, so one thing I try to do is I try to minimize what's in my inbox through filters mm-hmm. um, but I I'm in a bad habit of if I'm not, if I can't respond at a certain time, I will mark it as unread and then I might call someone and get it over, get through whatever the conversation is. And then I won't like mark it as read instead of starring it or something. So I do end up with uh, far too many unread emails in my inbox and then I have to purge them at certain points because I just can't look at it anymore. So I'm not that great with email. (laughs) and now everyone knows
0: well i'm a inbox zero person uh however i was really bad for the last half a year i think so much it was so crazy i i just couldn't do it but currently i'm i'm quite on it i think i have like 10 emails right now in my inbox which is fine i know it's not zero but uh I, it's so just some little things you know that are not really worth writing into todoist um so just maybe a short short feedback f- from a customer that maybe uh, I have to fix something in a course, you know, I, I'll just leave it here so I know I have to tackle it. Uh, but the idea idea is to have the inbox empty and just either delete it, archive it, or move it in a project management system. So for, for bigger things, I would do this, but I sort of use it... To, Partly for project management, which is not totally correct, but um and the yeah, but the, the the email is um you know if you get a lot of emails, it's it's really not smart to have your email client open all the time. So maybe we can jump into distractions at this point. So it could be a big distraction, especially you know, if you're working on a complicated project in Storyline and you're focused, you really don't want something to distract you. And it's hard to turn off everything, you know, emails and instant messengers and phones. Um, It is difficult, and especially if you want to be available to people. And I have that problem. Uh, However, uh, last few, I don't know, months, I've been trying this thing to have things closed until 10 a.m., I think. So I have about two hours of peace sort of also uh, you know you have do not disturb in in on a mac os and do not disturb on the phone you know just mute it Uh, so it's good to have a few blocks that are uninterrupted you know thinking working time because you know once you turn on the emails and things you know it's just ringing all the time and um I think it has quite a bit of, you know, text. It it takes a big chunk of our attention. So, yeah. yeah. Try to limit your distractions if as much as possible.
1: Yeah, I I always have to uh you, you know, I'm I'm very good in the morning. Uh, you know, to be honest, I'm very good at not looking at my phone once the work day is over. When I know that most people you know I tend not to get emails after you know a certain time during yeah. the day, and just in my brain it kind of kicks in okay, well, you don't have to check your email as as often, and um you know I don't worry about you know fires or, or having to get back to someone, so um in the mornings and evenings i I automatically know that i'm i won't be as distracted, and uh that's very helpful to me sometimes I have to just pick my laptop up, go to some coffee shop somewhere. And I'll have a totally different type of focus, you know, I, I, won't, you know, I won't be, uh, distracted by things. Um, but yeah, uh, like, uh, what our last podcast, uh, lucky 13 when the cat ran in here with all the, <laughs> uh, smoke detector going off upstairs and, uh, yeah, <laughs> sometimes you can't get away from the distraction, but, uh,
0: no, no, uh and maybe i can just i can maybe i can mention another thing here uh it's a method I, you probably heard about it method called pomodoro uh but it could be just tomato because that's the tomato in italian uh but they, uh, because uh, you know you have these kitchen timers that are sh- in shape of a tomato that's why it's called pomodoro yeah. method and that the the idea is just to start working on something And you would work on it for a set uh, interval of of time. So it's like 20 minutes or maybe 40 minutes or half an hour, uh, whatever you decide. But you just, you know, you start the timer and and you go at it. And you don't do anything else in between. And, you know, that's a good method just to move things forward and try to focus on a thing, you know, just to try to have a block of time that you decide to do that task and you just go at it.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, I, I I tend to do that. I will say to myself, I'll break up a big task I have to do into smaller tasks, and I'll say, you know, I I have to. I'm not I'm not done when I'm tired. I'm of of it. I'm done when I'm when I finished it, and I'll just mm-hmm. focus on it. I'll get it done, and then I can check things and look at stuff, and then right back into the next one. Because obviously, there's a, we live in a world with a lot of things that can distract.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I and I'm laughing because I, 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 I was just reminded of because uh, you said you're gonna work on it until it's finished, and I had a, a, another thing when I would I had a rush with a project and tasks. I would put a timer, like let's say five minutes, um, and and I had to, or maybe fifteen minutes. I had and I had to do the task. My my challenge was to do the task in those five minutes. 15 minutes. So it was really like, Nate, you're disar- disarming a bomb. There's no time to waste, you know, just go at it. So when it hits zero and it starts ringing, the task should be done. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> maybe that's one, you know, fun challenge to do.
1: And just to be clear, were you disarming a bomb or was that just an example?
0: Uh, I am uh, not allowed to tell. No, not well, allowed, I'm to. I'm allowed okay. to talk no, about it.
1: That's fair. There's NDAs we have. Yeah. Yep, understood.
0: Yeah, there's NDA from the Bomb Squad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. If you could read this and fill this out first, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, Dave, I think uh, we can wrap it up. Uh, episode 14 is in the can. Dave, please tell us, where can people find you?
1: Uh, for custom e-learning, they can find me at com. Uh, A lot of templates and the videos and stuff that I do. Uh, You can check that out at uh, elearninglocker.com. And I'm on Twitter at Dave underscore Charney, C-H-A-R-N-E-Y. And how about you, Nates? Where can people find you?
0: Also on the Twitter thingy under (laughs) N-E-J-C-D. And also on elearningbrewery.com. You can contact me if you need help with your storyline challenges. Uh, You can contact us through the website thelearningguys.com. Please consider subscribing to the podcast if you're just listening to the website. And, uh, well, take care and talk to you next week.
1: Yep, take care, everyone, and happy learning.
0: Yeah, Uh, one hour,
1: one hour. Well, we planned it perfectly.